I'm Maddie. And I am Ryan Chainlink, also known as <laughs> Snapshot. <laughs> also known as Poochie, also known as Pierix. Pietro. Oh my God. Yeah, that's right. Remember what is Pietro for that X-Men party? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. We posted that. We posted that in the Mutant Ages Patreon at one point. <laughs> this is what happens when we record two episodes in a row. We like don't do a good introduction to the show. Anyway, welcome to the Mutant Ages, a show where we review every adaptation of the X-Men. And we are watching... The second part of the season finale of season two of X-Men Evolution. Back when we were young, we experienced a change. We felt a power grow in us, both wonderful and strange. The power to care about the X-Men and the mutant brotherhood. And all of their adventures, more than anything. So, uh, hi everyone. We're here for our incredible, <laughs> our incredible recording of the season finale of X Men Evolution season two. I am not going to do a whole another recap of the whole season. You can just go back and listen to part one for that because I did that straight up at the beginning of that episode. But our feelings yeah. are well. We can talk about what happened in the last episode, Maddie. What happened? Actually, I wasn't there. Okay, so what happened in the last episode was Logan got kidnapped by a sentinel. We found out that Bolivar Trask exists and that Bolivar Trask is a guy who used to work with S.H.I.E.L.D. and then split off into his own government agency to just focus full time on how much he fucking hates mutants and develop huge killer Terminator robots that are going to destroy everybody. He basically realized that he had a gay encounter where he like gave a good blow job and he enjoyed it and now he doesn't know what to do about that. Yeah, he's terrified. And so he tracked down Logan because he's like a little bit obsessed with Logan, kidnapped him, and has Logan locked in a box where Logan has to fight a sentinel. Logan was too busy cruising in the sewers for a quick suck off with a saber tooth, but there were yeah. like undercover cops tracking them. That's what happened. I know. I mean, like not to victim blame, but like Logan probably should have been a little bit more worried about those undercover cops, like just a little slightly bit more worried about. I don't them. know. I don't know. <laughs> so Logan got kidnapped. Meanwhile, nobody knows who Logan was kidnapped by. And that includes Xavier, who's actually mistaken disguise as Xavier because that's been happening this whole time and also just the brotherhood in general like nobody knows where the fuck logan is except i think actually magneto does know i think magneto is the one person who knows yeah but we don't know that until this episode but right. magneto has shown up at the end of the last episode with his new nasty boys because yeah. he's mr sinister he is mr sinister oh, oh my god my god he showed up with like his own version of the nasty boys we should refer to them as the nasty boys because that's easier than referring to both brotherhoods because at this point the little baby brotherhood and the baby x-men are working together as like this one big ex brotherhood team under the leadership of mystique slash Xavier. Like mystique's mystique's brotherhood are like some like 
younger teenage boys and then magneto has like gotten these older teenage boys that he's yeah, like they're 19 they're adults <laughs> yeah so it's okay if they fuck magneto yeah. it's like actually kind of weird it's like it he's is. like found these like really sexy young boys to pose around him yes so. yeah okay we haven't even gotten to that scene where they're all posing in the water tower but that scene was fucking hilarious oh my god that is amazing we have to get to it so anyway um there's a whole previously on segment in this episode that doesn't even talk about trask or the sentinels because there's like 600 (laughs) other things to get to and then the intro plays so yeah that's how this episode starts off oh because also wolverine's fighting a sentinel that trask has created and it's killing him like he literally died at the end of the last episode but he has a healing factor so logan can't actually die Mm -hmm. what else has happened um the brotherhood and the x-men are working together scott quit yeah scott quit the mansions in defcon 4 and it's about to explode resident evil style so boom boom and amara who managed to narrowly escape the 3,000 guns that xavier owns went to scott on like makeout pipe who was busy sad and jerking off into like his own tears the three of them broke back into the mansion together through the waterfall well they haven't yet they're still they're still trying to get into the waterfall they haven't done that yet so I know it kind of like blurs together because these two episodes go together. <laughs> um, so that is happening. Wanda is like ready to fucking kill Magneto for yes. everything that he's done to her. Which is kind of deserved because Magneto put Wanda into a mental institution and abandoned her completely. Meanwhile, Pietro is still kind of loyal to his daddy because he misses him. But like he's pretending that he's loyal to Mystique, at least for now. He just wants like Magneto's approval yeah, because like sad. he needs somebody's approval at I all know. times because he can't have his own approval. I don't know. It's really fucking sad. Really depressing. Yeah. I think that's it. Oh, the new mutants are trapped inside the X mansion that is about to blow up. Yeah, there's a bunch of guns in there and the new mutants are beautiful little damsels in distress. But don't worry because gay icons Tabitha and Amara are going to save them kind of with help from Scott. So yeah, that'll be great. We'll watch that in this episode. Another gay icon. Everyone's gay. That's also (laughs) important to this episode. Okay, so this episode starts off with the Sentinel dramatically killing Logan. And that's just how that starts. Logan's dead. Don't worry, he'll come back because he's Wolverine. Um, And the Sentinel gets powered off because Trask is like, okay, I'm done. I've finished jerking off over this. Cage the mutant for now. I've run a full scale diagnostic on the Sentinel. I want to know how it withstood Logan's advances. And then we'll try all this again. So that's that scene. Um, Trask is apparently killing Logan over and over again. And it's terrifying. Um, so then we go back to the mansion again <laughs> and there's a bunch of guns in the dark yard. opening, by the way, oh, very the very, dark. very opening. The first scene is like Logan dead on the floor. That is where we're starting. I know. Okay. I mean, again, Trask is a really fucking scary villain. Like I know that Magneto is kind of scary in this show, like scarier than he usually is. And I consider Xavier to be a villain on this show and Xavier's pretty scary. You know what? Here the thing is that the real villain is bigotry. Yeah. I mean, this is like the reveal at the end of season two is that the real villain is not only bigotry, but like government financed bigotry that's going to fucking kill you. Like, damn. Also, there's the end of season two doesn't resolve anything, by the way. It's a cliffhanger. I know. I know. We haven't gotten there yet, but you're right. So anyway, back at the mansion, Xavier's yard guns are whirling around everywhere. Jubilee runs in. She just woke up, I think. Like, I don't know what she's been doing this entire time because she I just I don't know, but she in. does have a Jubilee line where she goes, all right, whose fault is this? Which is very Jubilee. <laughs> it is pretty funny. Bobby is saving Jubilee because Jubilee's just standing there and there's a gun facing her. And Bobby, like, basically, like, hurls her over the edge of the balcony so they can not get shot by this gun. Yeah. They, like, land on the ground. 
And the two of them together take out the guns, which is actually really fun. I love it when Jubilee and Iceman get to do things together in general, like as a concept, because they they have a very similar energy. Like, I feel like they're both gay and like they've they're just like gay BFFs hanging out, you know? Yeah. I mean, there are a bunch of other new mutants in this scene as well. Like Berserker and Cannonball are also in the background trying to do their they're thing. They're also gay. Yeah. Everyone's gay. I mean, look at look at Berserker's haircut. What is that even? I don't it's, know. He's got, he's got like frosted tips. Anyway, so Jubilee does have a one li- another line that is very Jubilee, which she says, this place is getting way too unfriendly. We got to bust out. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, that that's Jubilee. And then Bobby is like, I think we need to shut down the main computer. Find the others and meet me down in the planning room. So now Bobby is in charge of all the new mutants. I know. Which I liked. I liked it too. So then we go back to the waterfall where Scott is trying to climb up the rocks. The girls aren't helping at all. Scott falls down the rocks again because he can't (laughs) actually climb in his little khakis. And Boom Boom just goes splat, which is funny. Which I laughed. And then she's like, so that's no go then. And Scott's like, not unless one of you develop telekinesis. The only way is in is through this wall. And Tabitha's like, all right, time for a little bada beam, bada boom. And then Scott stops her and he's like, uh, let's avoid the rock slide scenario. Amara. And then Amara burns a hole through the, the wall. wall. But she also has an important line. She goes, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. It's and cute. it's like, it is cute. She's really coming into her own because like we have seen over the past few episodes with Amara where she like didn't have any confidence in herself. And now she's learning more and more how to use her powers. And also that she's gay and that she has a crush on Tabitha and they're kind of dating. Oh, now. No, they're like full on dating now after she grinded against Jean. Okay. <laughs> by the way, they get in and I cackled when Tabitha just walks into another room and she goes, wow so what do you call this the x cave and it's like i laughed really loud it was like you know honestly boom boom you have a point that everything just is called the x something i know so it's really funny and it's like the show taking a second to make fun of itself which i appreciated <laughs> also like boom boom's like what is this other room that i didn't even see while i was here how many rooms are there in this fucking weird ass mansion? Mm-hmm. This next scene isn't supposed to be funny, but I laughed. So like Magma walks to the elevator, presses the button. It doesn't work. And then there's a really dramatic music sting. Yeah, they I laughed run at this to the stairs. It's like, oh my I- God, <laughs> what are we going to do? We're going to take the stairs. The dun, stairs. Dun, 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 dun. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, why is this being played as though it's a comedy beat? But yeah, they run up the stairs. There's another hallway full of like a thousand more guns and they I take know. them all out and they're just kind of like why their guns here and then we see a quick cut over to how much time is left on the countdown and it's seven and a half minutes because by the way the x mansion is going to self-destruct after 10 minutes and now it's seven and a half minutes because everybody's gonna fucking die and this is absurd it's gonna be like a really long 10 minutes so don't worry about that so then we go back to the x jet which has landed near magneto and his uh nasty boys nasty boys 2.0 which is what we're calling them now and Xavier's like Magneto's here all right and he's not alone but like they can't figure out where all the nasty boys are hiding right and so this is this is the super double whammy combination of baby brotherhood and X-Men um, they, they're all splitting up and they're walking around Storm and Beast are there as well right and Storm wants to be out there with the team and Xavier reassures her that she will be but they need to see what surprises Magneto has in store for them and knowing that Xavier is Mystique it's like actually this is a good tactic Mystique let's hide the big guns first because let's see what else is thrown at us and then we put you out there storm mm-hmm. honestly not a bad tactic she is the strongest character on the team right yeah. i think that's the smart way to go i mean i don't know if on this show she's the strongest character on the team but like honestly she should be right anyway storm is on the walkie-talkie or whatever the ex communicator and she's talking to team two 
who I think is led by Jean. It doesn't really matter that much. Um, and she's like, you'll find some familiar looking orbs near the loading docks. Jean is like looking at the orbs or whatever. And team three is led by Beast and Kitty. And Kitty is like, I can't help but feel like we're being watched. And meanwhile, Toad is using his tongue to like grab a bunch of flies near her head and like grossing her out, which is kind of funny. That is funny. Pietro's standing around doing nothing. Yeah. While Lance and Fred investigate some buildings nearby. This is very suspicious on Pietro's part, by the way. Right. This is this is like interesting because the avalanche comes out and he's like, nothing, nothing's in here. And then they walk away and Pietro smiles. He looks really smug about himself. Yeah. And then he walks away. Then it turns out that Wanda was also right there and she sees Pietro doing that. Yep. And, P- and so now Wanda's already like, hmm, okay. So my brother's still a piece of shit, turns out. Yep. Uh, yep. I'm going to keep, I'm going to quietly keep an eye on that. <laughs> yeah. So. And so then Kurt is bamfing around across the empty orbs and he's looking into each one of them one by one and then tells Gene they're empty. And Gene confirms that back to Storm on the communicator. Right. Uh, Rogue and Evan walk up to Gene and they're like, why is this completely empty? Where's their dramatic entrance going to happen? Yeah. And then, of course, uh, and then very slowly, a car drifts down between all the very it like it's like floating along the wind. It's glowing. And everyone just kind of stares at it and they see it going down. And they're like, what the fuck is this? And then eventually Gene's like fucking run <laughs> like, <laughs> and the card what? explodes and they all dodge out of the way meanwhile barely um, one of the other teams beast kitty and the brotherhood see the explosion from far away beast is like let's go lance is like finally some action so so then pietro is like you have no idea and he runs in the opposite direction and then wanda sees that and she's like it's a trap holy shit yeah and then a bunch of huge pieces of metal start uprooting themselves all around everybody while Magneto's sound effect is playing. Beast looks really shocked suddenly because, like, obviously nobody expected this. Well, also, Beast is terrified because he hasn't actually seen Magneto yet. This is his first encounter. Wow, that's a good point. I didn't even think about that. And, like, and then suddenly Beast is like, okay, actually, this guy is terrifying. Yeah. Turns out. Yeah. And so then, like, this metal tower nearby, it's a, it's a huge water tower, and it gets, like, dramatically dismantled. A bunch of screws fly everywhere and metal beams. And then it reveals that the new nasty boys are just standing inside the water tower on a bunch of boxes, like posing. posing. All of them are posing. It's, it's really funny. We get we, so we get like we get some time with each one of them. It's Yuna, Payne, and Riku <laughs> all over again. It's real emotion <laughs> shaking up the world. We'll never give it up. By the way, you guys, if you aren't in our Discord already, you really should be because uh, we have this section called Mutant Gaming where. Everyone talks about what games they're playing. This is with the um, the other fans of the show and listeners of the show. Mm-hmm. And uh, for some reason, FFX2 came up and they're like, we want this game now as, but with the X-Men. Like, I think they decided it was like Kitty, <laughs> Rogue, and oh God, I forgot who the other one was. Dazzler, I think. Oh, that would make sense. Dazzler yeah, would be it was like enough. those three. And I was like, uh, yeah, I want that game. And I think Todd had also tuned in at that moment. It's like, yeah, me too. But yeah. like, sorry, that's where my brain just went. However, <laughs> there's four of the nasty boys, which is unlike the Yuri pie. And we get a little zoom in on each of them, like pyro giggles. I really want to know if our listeners even know what we're referencing when we start going, it's real emotion, because that's like dated by like almost 20 years at this point. Okay, whatever. People can look up 
X2 opening. They can look that up. They can listen to the song. Whatever. If people need to play Final X2, Fantasy. X2, Final Fantasy, not the X-Men movie, X2. Also, you can just watch D2. That's a better movie. Anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, we get little zoom-ins on everybody. We get Pyro giggling. We get Sabretooth growling sexually. We get Colossus just fucking standing there because he doesn't actually <laughs> want to be there. And then we get Gambit doing a bunch of card tricks and, like, flipping around like a little circus boy. And it's adorable. Yeah. And then he throws a couple of cards at Beast and Beast leaps out of the way while they explode. Sabretooth leaps on top of Beast. That is going to happen for the entire oh rest of this scene. Oh my god, it's, it's, so it's so sexual. But first, Pyro's lighting some shit on fire. Yep. Pyro's instantly taken out for this entire scene because like Pyro lights, lights some shit on fire and Storm just electrocutes him and breaks this thing and that's the end of that. No more Pyro for this I episode. I actually kind of liked that. I liked that for once Storm did something. Like Storm comes in with the rain, puts out the fire, yeah. kills him. Right. Also like Pyro's like, he creates this huge like fire monster he's laughing he's like i'm so fucking strong and starts just like shut the fuck up dude i'm done we're done here yeah. like it's great and then uh, so then Sabretooth <laughs> fucks beast for like a full 20 minutes and beast does some like weird foot stuff with him like that is not an exaggeration by the way like beast no. genuinely does do weird foot stuff with Sabretooth, like <laughs> while smiling at him and it's sexual they're both yelling where's logan at each other <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what is this? I don't know. I don't know. It is so gay. It is like really gay. And then Beast gets wrapped up in some metal, also sexually. Wanda's scanning the rooftops, being like, okay, my dad's here somewhere. Yeah, I don't because know where. Her dad is doing stuff to incapacitate Beast, basically. So Wanda right. knows he's around. Um, but we don't we don't get to see the conclusion of that scene yet. We're gonna go back to the X Mansion where Bobby's still in charge, adorably. Um, so Bobby finds the control panel. He sees that the institute is gonna self-destruct in one minute, which holy shit, that's really Yeah, and soon. also Bobby's trying to hack the computer because he's and it is Bobby. He knows this kind of shit. Mm -hmm. And Berserker's like, I'll just blow it up. And then Scott luckily walks in right at that moment. And he's like, don't do that. It's all over if you do. I don't mean in a good way. Does anybody know who did this? And so he walks up to the control panel and Bobby's like, we don't know. And Scott is like, never mind. I've got my answer. So this is the moment when I think Scott figures out that mystique is involved in this whole situation well, he, yeah he sees okay so he looks over to his left where there's a monitor we don't see what's on that monitor but he's going to reveal that in the next episode at the opening of season three okay we're going to see that so then berserker is just like who cares just get us out whichever way you came in and scott is like there's no time only 15 seconds left and then everybody starts screaming what do we do that was <laughs> like, like what do we do scott what do we do what do you do and scott's like follow me and that's all we get to see that then we get like a really dramatic shot of the the computer counting down and then every room in the mansion exploding and then you know in classic x-mansion fashion because it's not truly an x-men story until the mansion blows up at least 65 times yeah the mansion just blows up but for all we know all those children just die yeah i mean we know they didn't die but like they sure do leave us hanging it's also a children's show so then we go back to trask and logan because again there's 600 plot lines we have to keep track of here and it's like honestly really complex Anyway, Logan's connected <laughs> to a bunch of heart rate monitors and like doctors monitoring his vital signs. And Trask is looking at the readout and he's like, 
Amazing regenerative powers. His wounds are healing at an accelerated rate. I'm so turned on right now. <laughs> He's all, he also died. Like, Logan's dead. And so Trask is like, wow, he actually can come back to life. Interesting. And so then a soldier runs in and he's like, hey, Dr. Trask, we just got a VHS tape from Mr. Sinister with a bunch of footage of mutants elsewhere. <laughs> and so Trask pops that into a VCR and he's like, oh, wow, this is Evan and Kurt fighting each other. Um, These are mutants. We need to fucking kill them wherever they are. So let's turn that Sentinel on and send it out into the real world and kill these mutants. Okay, but also like turns out the place that wherever they are is like they landed right on top of Trask's base but it's not by accident because if they're here because of magneto magneto wanted that to happen yes but we don't know that yet this is like so complicated i can't believe it works that was me just piecing that together right now live on the show so that's like how complicated the episode actually is yeah i mean i put that together at the very end as i was watching it but it's actually yeah i mean we may as well explain it now so what magneto's doing is slowly luring all the x-men and baby brotherhood over to a building that is on top of where the Sentinel is because he is going to put Trask and his Sentinel nose to nose with the X-Men and Brady Brotherhood because Magneto is trying to force a confrontation um, and force mutants out of the closet because that's kind of his whole deal. And also force Trask out of the closet. Like it's kind of like a two deal thing. Yeah, yeah. Like he's, that's a really good point actually. Magneto is basically being like, okay, it's time for us to come out of the closet and it's also time to expose that the government's been trying to kill us for years. Yeah. Like that's like a whole thing. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, he doesn't want Trask to be operating in secrecy anymore and secretly trying to torture and kill Logan. He wants Trask to be forced onto public news stations. And right. he also wants all mutants to be known about so that he can prove to everybody that people hate mutants because like that's kind of Magneto's politics, basically, at least on this show. Right. So then we see this scene between Rogue and Gambit, which it's it's actually oh my fun. Gosh. <laughs> adorable rogues like hearing these explosions and she's like sneaking around because this is like of course on a dock like most of these episodes are it's, yeah we just go to like the gotham docks for any quick fight scene mm -hmm. and she takes off her glove and she turns a corner and gambit's just standing there yeah they're like nose to nose like as though they could kiss each other one inch away i know and it's like it's actually really interesting because they're like they look at each other up and down and they're kind of like huh yeah okay yeah. And so she he hands her like the King of Hearts card. Which I feel like he should have sent her a Jack of Hearts. I don't know why it's or a King a Queen of Hearts. Of Hearts? Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, so he hands it to her dramatically. He moves in almost like he's going to kiss her. And then he draws away and he charges the card as he's handing it to her. And then Rogue holds onto the charged card for like a stupidly long time. I was like, oh my God, Rogue, throw it away. Like, stop. Okay, but this, this, is, this is Rogue and Gambit as characters. Like, those two, whenever they're near each other, they're like suddenly so horny. And that's like, really interesting I know. that i i don't know i kind of love rogan gambit like as I a do couple too. they're very fun you can't not love them because they both are like teenagers and now they're literally teenagers okay now they're literally teenagers but also like you know how like batman and catwoman is very like cat and mouse where yes. it's like catwoman's like you can't really have me it, except it's like the both of them do that constantly i feel like in this show rogue is actually batman because she's the one who's like i don't have any parents i'm goth and important yeah. and gambit is like uh -huh, i'm really sexy and uh bye <laughs> and like cartwheels does like 13 flips away like yeah. uses his whip to behead some mannequins perfectly yeah anyway yeah. so that's the vibe of this scene i really enjoyed it as their meet cute there's no dialogue at all they both just look at each other and they're like i'm sexually attracted to you and that's all i have to say my thought about that is like especially with like teenagers when you like for 
or, or even if you meet somebody even now yeah like at a party or something you're like instantly you you're attracted to somebody because you're like who's that person and they're kind of looking at you but in the same completely way completely mutual in this case right well that happens but like if you go to like a party especially when you're teenagers you're like who's that person mm-hmm. or to more reflect what's happening here it's like okay there's two sports teams in high school yeah. and like you're fighting each other on the field or like playing against each other but you're also kind of checking each other out being like i don't know they seem kind of hot and like good at what they do because mm-hmm. when you think about it like of these two teams like rogue is probably the only one who's comparable to gambit because she's the most finesse because she has to rely on her actual physical abilities to get around like we've seen her do flips and shit around in the same way that gambit kind of does you know yeah and also gambit probably knows what her powers are because he doesn't touch her but he also right. kind of flirts with her and is intrigued by her i mean like, like winks a little bit yeah. takes out his dick quickly <laughs> I don't know. It's just funny. And it also seems like Gambit is as attracted to her as she is him, which is fun because also both of them are the characters who are like, are they on the right side? Are they maybe going to defect any day now? Who yeah, knows? right. Also, the music they play here is really cool. It's like, boo, <laughs> boo. It's like really like weird and like, it's kind of like sexy, but also like a sexy mystery. That's like what it feels like. Yeah, it's a good meet cute. It is. So anyway, then we see Colossus and Toad fighting. Um, Toad is leaping around going, hit the Toad and win the prize. And Colossus is just throwing shit at him. And yeah, to- uh, by the way, Colossus is not very good at anything he does in this. I don't think this. his heart is in it because he's kind of like being doing this against his will because I right. mean, it's not going to be revealed because the show is going to get canceled. But like, also, this is a this is also like when I was like, what the actual fuck did you do? You sent like some older teenagers to go beat up these little teenagers like what is your actual deal dude yeah although technically these littler teenagers are going to be just fine because then fred shows up and fred is like okay he gets he actually gets an awesome he does he does and fred is like um oh you think you're strong uh let's see and then colossus like throws toad out of the way fred runs up immediately destroys colossus completely (laughs) which is pretty badass honestly and then kitty phases through the wall behind colossus okay but first like kitty and colossus all also make eyes at each other did you catch that i was like okay they're setting a lot up in this like one scene right now they really are and so kitty drags colossus into a building really quick and then phases out of it and then they destroy the building using lance's powers um with colossus inside so that's how they incapacitate him it was actually a good tactic it was also like they all worked together to actually accomplish that which was pretty cool like kitty's working with the brotherhood why not but that's not that's not unsurprising because kitty's the one character who's been kind of like Maybe the Brotherhood isn't as bad as you're all making them out to be, mm-hmm. Professor Xavier. Yeah. I mean, of course, it'd be Kitty who would challenge that because Kitty does think that Charles Xavier is a jerk. So totally true. So anyway, uh, Beast is still encased in Magneto's metal and Sabretooth is like flirting with him. I don't know. And then Sabretooth smashes him out of the metal. I don't really know why, but he does. And then he like picks up a different piece of metal that like no, but doesn't he sexually tackle beaks here? Isn't that what's happening? Because I took that screen cap here where they're like yeah, on the did. ground. I think you're right. And they're like grinding against each other and moaning. And I was like, what is with these like animal people? Like, why are they like this? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But it's like a really sexual scene. It is. I'm not. I'm kind of into it. I'm not going to say that I'm not into it because I was. I took a picture of it. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. So Rogue runs up and touches Beast really quickly to absorb his powers. And then she kicks Sabretooth really hard in the chest. This is like the second time that she's done that, by the way, with Sabretooth. But she just like sees somebody in danger with Sabretooth. And she's like, I'm quickly just going to take out Sabretooth. So, yeah, which is really funny that Rogue keeps on being like, guys, Sabretooth is not that hard. Yeah. Like, 
I mean, especially for Rogue. Like, there's a lot of situations where Rogue is in a fight scene watching people get owned, and she's like, this isn't even that hard, and just, like, quickly walks up <laughs> and, like, touches somebody, and she's like, yeah, okay, we're done with this now because I'm tired of Or she, of this. like, absorbs their powers, or she does it where she just, like, kicks them in the face by doing her, one of her 3,000 Mystique backflips that she was trained to do, you know? Yeah, I, I mean, don't know. all Rogue's of this great. is easy for her. So then we get to see Wanda, who's, like, having yet another PTSD flashback of her father abandoning her, which, like, God, really fucking sad there's some sad piano yeah. music playing here she's walking through some buildings dramatically yeah like her powers go start going crazy because it starts altering reality around the buildings and stuff and storm is silently following wanda by the way and like lands behind her but not stopping her yeah she's just kind of following her and then storm sees wanda's approaching magneto and pietro who's standing next to his dad up on a rooftop and then storm is like yep. oh it's magneto and she like shouts that out so that everybody hears beast wakes up beast and rogue run towards storm's voice because they're like oh shit magneto evan kurt and gene hear it and kitty and the brotherhood and they all run over as well because magneto is obviously the prize they need to get and pietro is like hey uh they just found out that we're here is that bad uh also wanda's here is that bad (laughs) (laughs) and magneto's like it's fine uh we need to move the plan along and then he lifts up his arms super dramatically because this is when he's going to reveal this absurd thing that he's been doing this entire fucking time. Okay, yeah. Like he basically rips apart the ground. Yes. And all the X-Men and Brotherhood are standing above where the base is. And that's what this is what we were just talking about. Yeah. And he rips apart the ground and literally makes it so they all fall in this cave. And Wanda's hanging there. She's the last one hanging there about to die. And Magneto just looks at her. Yeah. And she's like, I'm going to fucking kill this dude. Like, yeah. that is the thing. Before she falls in to the Sentinel base. Yep. Like, that's, I mean, it's just fucked up. Like, when you think about it, he's like, yeah, my daughter's powers are too out of control. So I'm just going to, like, throw her in front of the Sentinel real quickly. To make an example of her politically, to, like, force this Sentinel fight to happen, like, it's wild. That is, okay, but, like, that has happened in the comic books where Magneto has pushed the mutant agenda by, like, using wanda and her like her power inability yeah. to control herself as a reference to be like yeah but you tried killing her you know what i mean like mm-hmm. it's kind of fucked it is kind of fucked although in this version magneto is like way more evil than usual like he's basically like my agenda is the most important thing of all and i'll make an example out of other mutants in order to achieve it which is but like, he's gonna make sure that Xavier's okay yeah i mean meanwhile xavier is in the helicopter off in the distance like watching all of this i mean it's actually mystique which i don't think magneto knows but right but he could have crushed that helicopter you know what i mean yeah he could have that's a good point instead instead magneto's like i'm gonna make you watch this xavier except he doesn't no, it's not Xavier. Yeah, I mean, I don't actually know if Magneto knows whether or not Xavier's there or like any of that. We don't know what Magneto knows when it comes to that. But it does seem like Magneto knows pretty much everything to do with Trask somehow. So then right. um, down in the warehouse with the Sentinels, Trask and the soldiers are hanging out and Trask is like, how many? And the soldiers like at least a dozen, sir. According to the scans, they're all mutants. And like they're referring to all the mutants that have just been dumped into the fucking Sentinel Bay. Not that yeah, we know right. that. Um, and Trask is like, they don't know what they've blundered into. Is the Sentinel ready? And the soldiers like, it's awaiting your command, sir. And then there's the dramatic reveal that all of the mutants, Magneto just 
dumped them all into Trask's laboratory and they're all right. surrounded by a bunch of soldiers with guns and it's like fucking terrifying. Okay, but see like I, I'm going to point out that if we had not had the Operation Rebirth episode, we would not have understood Magneto's intentions here because this is Magneto be like, no, 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 the government's still trying to kill yes. oppressed people. Yeah. That's why he's doing all this. He's trying to make it. I don't think it's that he's trying to put the X-Men and the Brotherhood directly in danger. I think it's like he knows that he has access to these mutants that he can like get out there to expose what the government is doing to mutants. That's basically what his deal is. And it's because he's like, no, 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 I already survived the Holocaust. So, I mean, that's the reason why I think that he was even in that episode for Operation Rebirth. Like, that's probably the only reason why that episode happened, honestly, is to explain what's happening right here. Yeah, I think you're right. And I also think it's interesting that when the soldiers are aiming their guns at everybody, Storm is the one who stands up and is like, nobody move, which mainly just made me think about how like, okay, she's the leader in the situation. She's also a black woman. She's well aware of what could be going down here because she has life right. experiences to inform this. And she's like, I'm going to protect these children. God, what, a, what, what a fucking dark episode, honestly. I know. It's really fucking dark. And then the Sentinel stomps in. <laughs> well, but first Toad goes, who wants to move? Yeah. And then they start hearing like shaking and everyone's like what the fuck is that and Kurt's like that sounds like footsteps yeah. this is really fucked up like all the lines that the X-Men have in this aren't like ha we're the X-Men having a, fu no. a fun time like everything they have said in this episode has been like out of sheer terror which is like incredibly fucked up and that is when the the Sentinel bursts in oh my god then Pietro runs to Magneto and says that Trask has released the Sentinel and Magneto says as I knew he would and then he orbs away his team. He's like, okay, we're done here. He yep. like he saves his nasty yeah, boys. Yeah, the nasty boys all orb away and they're fine. Yep. Um, and then the Sentinel keeps stomping towards the ex-babies and the baby brotherhood. And Magneto goes, now the whole world will know of us. And then he does part two of his plan, which is that he actually raises up all the ex-babies and the Sentinel. And the brotherhood. Back onto the roof so that everybody can see this fight as it's unfolding and this is not trask's plan like trask is like what the fuck is happening no like what the fuck like everything's rising out of his laboratory right and they're all on a rooftop the sentinel is stomping towards the mutants except this is a huge public place like this is like a godzilla fight basically there's a good bridge there with a bunch of traffic on it yeah. and the sentinel just instantly starts shooting like missiles and laser beams at them yeah. and in the background a news helicopter covering traffic and then the guy turns around he's like holy shit film whatever the fuck this is like yeah. what the fuck is this and like storm is shooting lightning beams at the sentinel who's like, like that's the first thing he sees like a row a giant robot fighting some woman who's like sh like calling down thunder from the sky yeah. and like shooting the sentinels and the newscaster is like the whole world's got to see this because like this is the most absurd thing that's ever happened okay ever. but like also like I still feel like this this season of X-Men Evolution, this is what the MCU needs to look at. They just need to look at this season and like it will work, mm -hmm. you know, with the way that things have been set up. Uh, I think Aurora then gets shot up by a Sentinel. Like, I think she's shot at and then she passes out and then Evan gets pissed and starts spiking the Sentinel. Yeah, which actually kind of helps. Yeah. And then Fred picks up a car, throws it at the Sentinel and Jean uses her telekinesis to aim it at the Sentinel. And then, by the way, all the people around just start screaming and running away because nobody knows what the fuck is happening anymore. Like I, there's like people here because they've stomped into the city. They've they've moved from rooftop that they are and now they're stomping around Bayville or New York City or wherever the fuck they are, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's also kind of absurd that a Sentinel is being built in the middle of Bayville slash New York City, but whatever, that's fine. Whatever, we don't need to worry it is, about whatever. That. So, so then a Avalanche like creates an earthquake to shake the robot 
And then several other news choppers show up. Like, it's like, yeah. this is full on the craziest shit they've seen since the Avengers, basically. Yeah. And so a newscaster is like, frightened citizens flee in terror as strangers with inhuman powers desperately fight the metal monolith. And then we see a series of shots of people watching the news. Okay. Like, so this is how it also works in the MCU, too, because it's like, okay, the general people are like, there are some mysterious monsters here. Are there aliens or what? The, what are they? But what we are now seeing to like everyone else is like all these characters who do know who these people are. And they're like, oh, shit. So we get like, this is a great scene. Like mm-hmm. first we see Principal Kelly watching the news and he is like, he's in a panic. He's like up against a wall, totally freaking out. Then it goes to Cody who's also looking like totally shocked at what's happening. Terrence on the phone, like being like, ah, yeah, Scott did fuck me the other day. And then she sees like Scott on the TV, not Scott's, but she sees all the other mutants like on the TV. Mm-hmm. She drops the phone. Amanda's at her house, bored and flipping through the channels. She sees the news coverage and then Nightcrawler appears and she like gasps because now she is instantly like terrified of what's happening. Yeah. Then it shows like that one guy that Scott is occasionally like hanging out with that class and he's pouring a glass of milk, but it's just pouring all over the floor because the dude's like totally entranced with what's happening on TV. Mm-hmm. And I think that's how it would act. I would work in the MCU because like the MCU is used to seeing the Avengers and potential alien shit, right? They're like, so that's what they would immediately see this as in the MCU. They'd be like, oh no, it's another Avengers battle, except we don't know who any of these people are fighting this giant robot. But then what the reveal is that people who do know these people are like, oh, these are our our friends and our schoolmates and they have superpowers. Yeah. What the fuck does that mean for like the world? And I think it is the perfect setup like they just need to watch this show that's all they need to do to like figure out how to integrate them into the mcu it's like done for them you know yeah i mean i feel like the other part of it that's interesting is that once again the cops and the government are the bad guys here like as opposed to with the avengers where a lot of times the avengers are working with the government um in this case the cops pulling up to the scene not a good thing uh, the government right. helping out, they're not helping that much. So the Sentinel starts shooting green goop at Fred and Evan. Meanwhile, the cops are pulling up next to Storm, who's unconscious, which was a very evocative image, at least to my mind. That was mine, too. I thought they were going to shoot her up, but they just kind of stood there. So I was like, OK, they stood there. And then luckily, Storm gains consciousness again. And like her eyes turn white and she makes a huge ass tornado. Unfortunately, the tornado doesn't actually do anything, sadly. I don't think it's because of her. I think it's supposed to be like the Sentinel is so overpowered that like even Storm can't whip it away with a tornado. That's kind of like the... Yeah, I mean, the Sentinel is more powerful than absolutely everybody. So also the Sentinel shoots goop at Kitty and Rogue. Um, Kitty manages to phase out of the goop, which is good. Beast ends up getting gooped as well. Um, The Sentinel shoots some missiles at Toad and Kurt. Kurt manages to bamf himself and Toad away. Also, the army shows up at this point, like some army helicopters are flying in. Yeah, like it's like they have like fucking like bazookas and shit. And Magneto goes, oh, no, 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 not yet. Not yet. We have to make sure that we get enough coverage of this shit. Magneto's like, oh, let's see how much the government's going to send out now. Like, let me just show you what they're going to do to us. Mm-hmm. Like, since the news is covering it, I'm going to get on Twitter and I'm going to make a trend before you can even cover it up. That's Magneto's <laughs> deal right now. Yeah. So he uses his powers to, like, stop the helicopters from coming in. And so Kurt yeah. bamps into a helicopter. He grabs a grenade and, like, throws it into the Sentinel's body. He bamps and he's like, excuse me. I hope you don't mind that I borrow this. Bye bye. <laughs> yeah, I mean they're trying to make it lighthearted, even though this is like as serious as the show has ever it's been. It's like a fucking dark show at this point. Yeah. So then he like throws it at the Sentinel, which okay, this is when I had to do research because like 
Kurt throws the grenade at the Sentinel or attaches it to him. The Sentinel blows up temporarily, which he then crashes into a really large tower in New York City or whatever, yeah. which is an office tower, by by the way. He falls into it. It explodes. People run away terrified. They die. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. When, like, how was, was this before or after 9-11? And it was after 9-11 by like one year. Mm -hmm. So, But it's unclear to me as to whether it was written before or after 9-11. I don't know if it really matters that much because either way, the next season of the show is going to be after 9-11 in terms of writing and also in terms of like, it's going to be written after this Sentinel fight as well. So they can sort of react to both of those things in terms of the public consciousness. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, the idea of like a Sentinel destroying a bunch of buildings could have been something they wrote anyway, but it definitely has a different meaning to us now where it's like, well, what's being said here? I don't know. I, it seems to me that they might've done it intentionally because it's because it's only because it's like the end of the show and they did air this correctly at the correct time for the, those two episodes at least. Yeah. So I, I think, know. I think it might've been intentional, but at the same time, would have it been, I don't remember like that, that time period right after nine 11, those couple years what really is kind of like a brain fog because the way that things changed, like we're, we can't compare these two things because they're not the same time thing, but the way that we react to them is very similar. And since that, like we're going through COVID now and like it's the same thing where it's like the whole country just becomes a different world for a little while. Mm-hmm. And that's how it was after 9-11. And now everything is a reaction to it as well. Like, I right. do think that part of it is going to be similar where like we are going to look at media in the future and be like, this was before COVID. This was after COVID. And it'll be really clear from like what it says and how it's made. And right. we don't really know how it's going to affect things. I mean, at the time, like we didn't know how hyper patriotic and Islamophobic media was going to get for the next like five to 10 years after 9-11. Like, but that's like, that's okay. After 9-11 racism kicked up like so fucking high. I know. And like, I don't know what the effect of COVID is going to be on media, but it is going to have a huge effect. We just don't know what that's going to be yet. But like in terms of this show, I feel like this, this show was still a response to like pre 9-11 stuff. So it was like post civil rights movement, post gay rights movement. Like those were the concerns post AIDS crisis, et cetera. Anyway, um, going back to this actual show, <laughs> the Sentinel then targets Magneto and it's getting ready to shoot Magneto and Wanda shows up. He, she knocks out Pietro. Yep. And like, then she turns to, uh, to Magneto. And she goes, hello, father. And Magneto's like, Wanda, not now. I'm doing really important things right now. And Wanda's like, you locked me away. And Magneto's like, you gave me no choice. You couldn't control your anger. And what I think is a really interesting line here is that Wanda goes, you haven't seen me angry until now, which then implies that like Wanda was just dealing with like anxiety attacks and like sheer terror. And Magneto's like, oh, she's just out of control and angry. And Wanda's like, okay, you didn't even fucking try, mm-hmm. asshole. Yeah. Time to kill you. Yeah. Like that's what's happening. Yeah. And so she incapacitates his powers Right. Um, She basically shoots this beam at him that makes it so that he can't use his powers anymore. And Magneto starts begging her to give him back his powers and is like, Wanda, don't do this, which I liked that this was how she attacked him, by the way. Like instead of killing him or like doing something else to hurt him, she just takes away his powers, which is like that's the most insulting thing that you could do to Magneto. Like that's what will really get him where it hurts. Um, I mean, yeah. Like, isn't that how X-Men three ended is that Magneto turned normal and he goes, I can't be one of them. I know. Oh. I like know. that's his whole deal. Yeah. Yeah. Also important to note here is that Xavier slash mystique suddenly swings into the X copter and just immediately shoots like Magneto with torpedoes, which at the time I was like, wow, that's really intense. But now I'm like, Oh, it's just mystique being like, no, no, no. I get to kill Magneto for what he did to me. Yeah. Like, that's, 
you know, I'm going to quickly swing here and kill the shit out of Magneto. And Xavier, I think Xavier's actually firing at the Sentinel. I mean, you could be right that he's trying to fire at Magneto, but that was what I wrote down was the Sentinel. Who can say? Or or she's she's trying to take out Magneto so she can kill it. Magneto. I don't know. At this point, Mystique's like, oh, fuck no. This is my show. Yeah. Excuse me. But Wanda pushes away the helicopter so, like, it can't do anything. And then she retargets the torpedoes that were being shot at the Sentinel to be shot at Magneto or something. And then he mm-hmm. gets his powers back because she was pushing away the, the, the helicopter. helicopter and the torpedoes. Yeah. So, like, Wanda can't focus on that many things at once. So, basically, Magneto gets his powers back. And um, the Sentinel has shot these missiles and Magneto redirects them back at the Sentinel, which then dramatically falls on top of Magneto and explodes. So it's like, did Magneto die? Question mark. Well, that's that's the the question for a lot of season three. That seems to be Magneto's thing on the show. Is it around for most of the season? Shows up, does something crazy, maybe dies, maybe doesn't. We'll find out later. Mm hmm. So Wanda's okay, though. Yeah, Wanda. Well, Wanda's fallen off the edge and she's like in shock and she does have powers to alter reality so she could be okay. But Kurt actually teleports in in and saves her, which is important because on this show, they are kind of like friends because they are in the comic books. Wanda and Kurt are friends like that's just what it is. And and even in an alternate reality, they have a child together. So like, Mm -hmm. I I feel like it makes sense on this show as well, because like, I mean, again, there's so many kids on this show who have abusive or like weird parental situations, but they all kind of find each other like Rogue and and Kurt are already like having that brother sister vibe. And then Kurt sort of gravitating to Wanda in a similar way makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's just like these kids can tell that they have a similar energy or similar life experience and want to be there for each other. So that's true. Um, and then Xavier shows up in the helicopter and he's like, everybody get in. And Jean's like, what about the others? And Xavier's like, we'll have to come back for them. And Aro actually agrees. She's like, no, he's right. We're like going to die. <laughs> like there's rubble everywhere. Yeah, we well, need to get I out mean, Aro's like, Aro's standing there, like looking around at everything that has happened. She's like, oh, shit's going to get really bad. Trust me. Like I've been there on multiple sides and like, this is basically my worst fear coming true. Yep. So yeah. let's get the fuck in here and leave. Like that is a rose stance at this point. And she's not wrong. She's, she's like, okay, she's we've wrong. been exposed. Mutants have been exposed. The government's now trying to kill us for existing. Magneto's now against us. Magneto's like left. Magneto made this happen. Uh, yeah, we can't hide anymore. We're out and they're going to try and kill us. And as a black woman, I'm saying, get the fuck out now. Yeah. Like, let's go. And then we get this montage of like different newscasts about the event. So the first newscaster is like, they destroyed a gigantic robot using their superhuman powers. And then there's another one who's like, where are they from? Government investigators are looking. And then there's another one like overlapping who's like, we're doing everything in our power to get to the bottom of this, which like that's probably the voice of a senator or something. I don't know. Or the president. And then we have like an interviewer's voice who's like, what's your take, senator? Are they men or monsters? And if they are human, can we trust them? And then another voice is like alien invaders or some kind of strange mutations, which like I guess these are all the different theories swirling around about who these people are. And of course, the mutation one is correct, but again this is perfect for the mcu it's like it's i don't know they just need to go over here and like quickly borrow this piece from x-men evolution and then go back to the comic books like it's it's laid out for them basically Mm -hmm. so the x-men now are in the helicopter they show up and see that the x-men mission has blown up it's completely destroyed and kurt and gene immediately like go into a full-on panic attack they're like 
whoa, 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 whoa. What the fuck happened? Jean starts screaming, where are the students? Where are the students? Where are the students? Like, yeah. I mean, this is like this nightmare t- scenario. This is like a nightmare day. Like, it's like their worst fears are happening on so many levels and they don't even know what to do. The helicopter lands. They all run out. Jean's just screaming. She's like, I don't see anyone. Are they did? Did the government do this? Who did this? I don't know. Bobby, Amara, where are you? And Bobby comes out with a... Scott and all the new mutants and their all their clothes have been like torn to shreds because they're like bleeding and like they just got blown up so mm-hmm. they're not in a good space Jubilee's blown up look by the way is just her shit her look from X-Men the animated series where she's wearing like the short shorts with the long coat it's fun um, and there's this interesting shot of like Bobby leading the team and then Scott kind of pushes Bobby out of the way like roughly and then stands in front of everybody did you notice that I did too I did too and honestly like yeah, but Scott, like, you may have saved the day at the end, but, like, Bobby was, like, actually the one to gather them all up for you. Like, that wouldn't have happened. They would all be dead if they were all over the mansion. That was Bobby. Don't take credit for that. Yeah, I just thought it was interesting that they specifically animated that because I was like, I wonder if they're going to do some power vacuum stuff with these two boys in the next season. They don't really, but they, like, I think it would have happened in season four if that had gone that way because they also introduced Danny Moonstar mm-hmm. and Danny Moonstar was going to be primed to lead the new mutants you know so yeah it's just interesting and then there's a shot of gene lance and kurt all smiling at scott because it's their sexy boyfriend and they all have a crush on him right and then gene runs up and hugs him and is like scott what happened how did you survive and then cannonball is like scott got us into the cerebro room just in time it held up but barely which like i don't know why that would have worked but sure why not um, and then Scott walks up to Xavier, grabs him out of the chair, starts beating the shit out of him. And it's like, <laughs> and like, what the fuck? Yeah. What the fuck? And then there's this shot of Xavier, like standing up laughing maniacally, which is like amazing <laughs> as if you think it actually is Xavier. But of course, it's okay. Not. But also, also the other students are like, what the fuck is Scott doing? They restrain him. Yeah. They're like, whoa, yeah, whoa, like whoa, Bobby whoa, and whoa, Kurt whoa. grab him and they're like, Scott, stop beating up our teacher. And Scott is like, it's not him and then Xavier yeah. turns into Mystique and is like now things are about to get much worse <laughs> which is like an amazing sentence that, okay but also like that was the end of the season yeah amazing that's a dark dark opening to this show and like I I stand by that season two is like really season two and three of X-Men Evolution is some of the best tv i've watched for cartoons i mean like obviously these days we have like lots of cartoons that are much deeper than things were back then but i mean like I this know, was a really kid's good. show yeah this is like it, it it became dark and i remember my ex at the time well not at that time my ex who loved x-men the animated series was like i don't know x-men evolution's kind of kitty i'm like you need to like actually get to season two yeah and then eventually he was like okay this show's really dark and i was like yeah i told you it's like <laughs> it does the steven universe thing where it's like Deeds are great and like the queer people are hiding, but everyone's like kind of good. It's goofy and fun. And then it's like, now it's going to be dark as shit for the remainder of the show. And it's like really good. And I know, I know what's coming because when I was a teenager, I had like downloaded these episodes from season two and also the next few episodes of season three. And I watched them pretty repeatedly because I was like, these are really good. I think at the time I obviously related them, related to them on some level that I didn't understand yet. Mm -hmm. Like as a gay kid that even though I was out to my friends, I was not really out publicly because I was afraid of what would happen to me. And then watching this show where like this shit happens and it's like, wow. And obviously we'll recap it on the show, but the opening of season three, like it picks up where it leaves off where like, you know, they're exposed they have to go back to school, yeah. but nobody wants them there. But it like it literally picks up from the blown up mansion and how it's responded to is that the government and the police show up and they're like, we got to shoot them. Yeah. Like, that's how it opens. That is the opening of season three. It's like, we 
found these weird people. We're going to blame them for everything that just yep. happened. Um, and we're going to immediately kill them. Yeah. That is how the, that is a dark opening to season one or season one. Do you see season three? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's basically like what Magneto set up, which is really depressing. I mean, it's like, yeah, Magneto isn't wrong that if mutants were revealed, people would immediately try to kill them. But it's also really sad that this was the way that he went about it. I mean, right. I don't know. I did interpret Mystique's final line of now things are about to get much worse as being a reference to the government, basically, as opposed right. to oh, herself. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the way it's set up, it's like as though Mystique is going to be like, now I'm going to torture you, Dominatrix style. But it's like, no, 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 no that's, that's she's no. She's talking like, about the fact that now the world knows they're mutants and there's nothing they can do to hide anymore. And right. that's sucks. I mean, that just sucks for them. Like their entire lives are going to change and there's nothing they can do. And I don't know why she's laughing, though, but whatever. Probably because it's mystique and like all you can do is laugh, I guess. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like the other part of it is also like she just got beat up by Scott and she's like laughing because she's like, yeah, I tricked you guys this whole time. You know what I mean? Like yeah. she's kind of like realizing that everybody knows who she is and so she can just be herself again. But yeah, I don't know. It's a weird scene. But also like if Mystique, I mean, Mystique did start training them in a way that like Xavier wouldn't be for. I know. Like her putting the brotherhood with them was actually a smart move. I don't disagree with a lot of her tactics in season two. Now knowing that everything that she's been doing. Yeah, now we know them all. Yeah. That, that it's been leading up to this moment to sort of take out Magneto. They would have all died if like they had gone to this thing mm -hmm. like she didn't know that she didn't know that the government was going to show up but she did know that magneto was going to be there but they would have all died if it was just like xavier or the or so the x-men and the brotherhood showing up and she's like no no, no. like they actually like work well together mm -hmm. but xavier lets them like feel like that they're better than they are and they need to be like knocked down a couple pegs to be like no 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 you're like gay remember they're gonna still beat the shit out of you so i wonder I if the reason why she destroyed the mansion was because she was just assuming that mutants would be outed and she wanted to make sure nobody would find it. In retrospect, I'm like, I wonder why she tried to destroy the mansion. But that's one reason that would make some sense. Well, I, I also was like, why would she blow up the mansion with knowing that there's mutants in there? Was she willing to sacrifice them mm -hmm. like so they wouldn't find them? Or did she just assume that they would be able to get out? I mean, a part of me thinks that she made the assumption that with Scott out of the way he would come back yeah i mean i think she did assume that scott would come back she also knew tabitha was out on the run like there were some other mutants around that she was just kind of like yeah they'll probably figure something out i mean right. she didn't try to stop tabitha she didn't really try to stop scott either right she just kind of was like i need to focus on magneto but also she i don't know it's interesting like why did she destroy the mansion? I don't know. It's it's mystique. So I feel like we can assume that she had a whole bunch of different plans going at the same time. Well, I think she talks about it, about it a little bit in the next couple of episodes. And like, because we get to see flashbacks to her doing it. Mm -hmm. So they do some explanation there. But right now we don't know. And we're left with these questions that we have here. It's, we were left with a lot of questions, honestly, being like, hmm, is anyone going to live? Where's Logan? <laughs> That's a question you have. But like in the episode, they show him passed out because he died. So he's like trying to recover from that still. Yeah. I just kept expecting him to come back in the final fight, but apparently he'll be in season three. I just also think it's really funny the extent to which Logan isn't a character on this show, like at all. Okay, well, it's really funny because like in the opening of season three, there's like all this stuff where Cyclops is like, I'm calling the shots. I'm like, it's like, you don't know what you're doing. I'm calling the shots. I'm like, but Logan, you've been gone like all season. So like what? <laughs> yeah, it is really funny because it's like, 
it, it we've basically gone from X-Men TAS where Logan was the lead character, arguably, to this show where he's such an afterthought or a damsel in distress, like per episode that the kids have to rescue. But hold on, he did that also in X-Men the animated okay, series. Good point, like good Logan's point. Logan has like one move. He's got a couple of them. One is to like attack everybody immediately. The next move is to become a damsel in distress with his clothes falling off. And then at the end, like I don't know. I guess he gets laid, but he doesn't actually really accomplish anything most of the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what did you think about Wanda's denouement at the end of this episode? I mean, I liked it. I mean, I thought it was really cool for a character that they, they just introduced to the show three episodes ago. Mm-hmm. I think it's really interesting that we're getting to know her so well already. And that it's just sort of like the beginning of her story. And like, I, she spends a lot of season three being like, I don't think Magneto actually died that day. Yeah. You know? And I mean, I'm sure it's going to turn out that that's correct. But yeah, I do. I just do think it's interesting that like Magneto had all of these absurd plans that he put together that were like meticulously planned out. But then he forgot about the fact that his daughter was after him and he underestimated her, which he shouldn't have done. Yeah, I agree. And in season three, there's a really fucked up episode where like she keeps on trying to like find him and kill him. And then Magneto's like, I can't do this anymore. And he borrows like mastermind to um, brainwash her and re- replace all her bad memories of good ones. So he Oof. like takes the trauma basically. And it's like, there's like, it will do like a side by side where she's screaming and being pulled into the asylum and then it get replaced. It gets replaced with them like getting ice cream together. Oof. Yeah. That yeah. sounds really dark. Uh- <laughs> the, I This show is not, it just kind of gets darker and darker. And I think that's also partially why I ended up getting canceled in season four, because it wasn't retaining people like it wanted to, because it wasn't afraid. Here's the thing. They they had a choice to keep their viewership by becoming a little bit more kid friendly and more accessible. But they wanted this team wanted to stick to the story that they were telling and the politics that they were diving into. And they weren't willing to sacrifice that. So they sacrificed the show, basically, to continue to be true to what this show is. And I think that is admirable, honestly. Mm -hmm. Do you have any other wrap up stuff that you want to say about the season as a whole? I'm giving this a five, by the way. (laughs) Oh, I'm getting I'm getting a five of five out of X, five out of five X's. I give the whole season five out of five X's. I think it's much stronger than the first season, which also turned out to be much stronger than I remember it being. Mm -hmm. But this season does a lot. I really like this whole show. I mean, I feel like there's only one skippable episode per season. Like in the first season, it was the episode Fred's introduction episode mutant crush. And then in this one, African storm, I thought was bad, but everything else I'm like, I've really enjoyed this. I think that these are really strong episodes and I do too. And I also feel like I, I said this in the last episode in our last recap, but this show spent all of season two, putting down a lot of pieces that they're then picking up to then put down more pieces mm-hmm. in a really complicated way. Like these two episodes were really complicated with a lot of plot lines and it was still accessible to new viewers. And it like also like picked up a lot of these plot lines and put down new ones. You know, I just feel like it did a good job of balancing all those things yeah. in a way that I think is actually very difficult to do because sometimes you watch these shows that will have like a huge ensemble cast and they can only focus on like one or two characters at the time because like it just gets too complicated. Like even with Steven Universe, there's so many characters on that show to the point where they like can only spend so much time with them. Mm-hmm. I think this show did a good job at handling that with these last couple episodes. And it's really dark. It's really dark. And it's dark in a way where you're like, there's no jokes in either of these episodes. And in this episode, anything, anything the X-Men said, because they didn't get a lot of lines. We're like, we're going to die. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's it. Like, they were, like, actually just genuinely terrified of the situation happening, you know? Yeah. And, like, I think you brought up a lot of good points that I didn't think about where Aurora finally got a lot to do in this, but it was in the 
light of racism, basically. Mm -hmm. And her being like, hold on, hold on, hold on. I don't want us all to die, but I'm also going to be the person that puts myself in front of all these children that are potentially going to get shot by white people with guns. Yeah, which is tough. I mean, it's it's mostly tough because it makes me wish that this show had given her more to do throughout, which is like, you know, one of the larger criticisms. If she was a teenager, she would have for sure. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I mean, at least this is a show that gives like magma a lot to do which is kind of cool because it's like okay well we have this young black female character who's like getting more and more of a storyline it's sad that storm is basically not a character on this show but okay fine they're coming up with right. other storylines to give to these other characters of color i don't know it, it is too bad i mean i miss logan as well but we've talked about that a thousand times um i did also just like the fact that mystique had such a coherent plot line throughout the entirety of the season because we've enjoyed mystique so much on this show but it was really cool to watch that all come together to have a twist ending that a viewer could have guessed ahead of time but if even if they hadn't guessed it still would have enjoyed that twist and would have been like wow okay when did they switch places and like would be thinking back about it and if you rewatch it it all makes sense like it doesn't it's not a retcon you know what i mean like it like they clearly had written it to be this way um the whole time and that's really cool so yeah i liked it yeah it, everything they put down comes back in a really interesting kind of way like you think about the Bayville Sirens. They were like, it was both both Gene and Scott came to the same conclusion in the season where they're like, why are we hiding? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't like that we're hiding anymore. And both sort of had their own different experiences in which they try to fight against that thought process a little bit. And now they are out. And they also were separated the whole time. Like, it's kind of like we got the two sides here. It's like Gene was with these X-Men characters and Scott was with these X-Men characters. And basically all the X-Men were like, yeah, but why are we hiding? You yeah, know? Yeah. But like individually, they're coming to that conclusion. And Magneto also is coming to that conclusion, but he's doing it in a way that actually harms everybody around him because this version of Magneto is an abusive asshole for some reason. Oh, well, okay, and I agree. But I do. Th I mean, I do kind of like that because of Operation Rebirth and we got to see that he was a Holocaust victim. We're like, oh, he's he's already been oppressed, which we know that as a a viewer from the X-Men in general. Like mm -hmm. we consume X-Men as a, as a being an entity of its own. So yeah, we know who Magneto is, but that he was like, no, no, no. I know that the government is doing weird shit to the X-Men or not to the X-Men to mutants. Like he already obviously knows about like Wolverine, for example, but he knows that Trask exists and he knows that Trask is going to like target mutants and that the government's just going to go ahead and fund that. And Magneto's like, no, the only way I can do this is by outing mutants being killed by this dude in his like government project. And mm -hmm. like, that's what happens. Like, you know, it's really dark. It's very fucking dark. Yeah. I don't have a good transition into who's gay, but we do need to do that before we wrap this thing up. Okay. We'll <laughs> wrap it up like a condom me. We'll wrap it up in a beautiful gift wrap paper of a bunch of condoms and uh, yeah, have beautiful safe sex. The X-Men are a metaphor for a lot of things, but one of those things is being gay. But sometimes it goes beyond symbolic, and the X-Men can be homoerotic, but which X-Men is the gayest today? Here's the thing, is that the, I mean, we can do a shout out to like Beast and Sabretooth and that whatever, like whatever that they're doing. Fetish, that, that, that was so funny. It was like they were fucking each other while screaming about where's Logan. Yeah. And I was like, guys, it's also what really is funny this? that Sabretooth like doesn't answer the question. It's like, why, dude? Like you could just say you okay, don't know yeah. where Logan is, but I know because like Beast is like, where's my boyfriend? And Sabretooth literally goes, 
around. Yeah, it's like he could show up at any time. Uh, definitely don't stop playing with me right now because I don't want you to go anywhere. But like, yeah, San Francisco is like, yeah, go ahead and keep on jerking me off with your feet. <laughs> I don't know. I don't understand it. Um, Amara and Tabitha are confirmed dating. I love them. Yes. I kind of want to give them the top prize at this point because I just think they're adorable. And I enjoyed them standing around while Cyclops was like trying to actually accomplish things. And the two of them were just like, yeah, that's not going to work. We're just going to wait for him that this dumb boy to figure it out um, oh i agree i thought it was fun. i like wanda i thought wanda was kind of gay in this where she's like she's like now i'm out of the closet and here i am i'm like this super craft lesbian and <laughs> i'm gonna like fuck yeah. you up for trying to repress that yeah bye yeah she just has gay energy and i love it and i hope that eventually wanda can be happy i don't know what that looks like for her we'll see i guess i guess there's a, we have one non-gay thing we have gambit a rogue which was actually pretty straight for both of them it was pretty straight but you know what was gay the nasty boys in the water tower <laughs> which includes Gambit. Um, Gambit is a musical theater boy now, along with everybody else. But he always was. It's not like he wasn't a musical theater boy previous to this show. Yeah, Gambit's by and Rogue is by. That's fine. It's everybody's everybody's who they are. Um, also, Pietra is still gay. And so is Trask. Some characters are just gay. Yeah, I mean, like some of these characters are actually gay, but a lot of them are bisexual, which is actually kind of cool of this show to do that. Mm-hmm. Also, Mystique's gay, but we don't have a point to like point that out here. I mean, this is just kind of focused on trying to kill Magneto. So there's that. Yeah, which is fair. I mean, this version of Magneto is worth killing. He like abused his kids and he's fucking shit up for Mystique for no real reason so he is he is well that's it that's our show and i love this season i can't i'm so excited to do the first few episodes of season three i know it's gonna be really fun but before we do that we are going to do a listener feedback episode next week so we're actually going to change this order a little bit just due to when it happened to be convenient for us to record the episodes we are going to release our first class episode next week this upcoming week um it's a huge episode we recorded for almost four hours so you will have plenty of content from us to look forward to after that we're going to take a week off and then we'll be back with some reader mail and then we'll start season three the following week so that's the plan followed by x-men first class which is our next live action movie that we have with the to return watch. of the wonderful and incredibly beautiful todd harper that's so true we gotta bring todd back we gotta watch emma that's frost right. we gotta see january jones's outfits and have some feelings about whether or not she did a good job i it's been so long since i saw first class i really don't know what i'm gonna think well, the slack chat and also the discord chat are already in preparation first class class and everyone goes that movie is pretty bad except magneto and xavier are really good. Yeah, I remember them being super gay for each other. I remember enjoying Michael Fassbender and James McAvoy's energy. They're both very pretty. I'm sure we'll enjoy shipping them. Yeah. Um. So that'll be a fun app. But before we do that, we're going to do listener stuff. So please consider writing into the show, sending us an email um, at themutantages at gmail.com. You can also send us questions in our Discord server. We have a whole channel just for that. You can find an invite link at mutantages.com. And you can also leave us a voicemail at 1508-319-1668 and uh, we'll play it on our listener feedback episode and uh, answer it if you have a question. That's right. That's right. And we have a P.O. Box. P.O. Box 3344, Natick, Massachusetts, 01760. We open that mail over on our YouTube channel, but... 
I feel like we should change the order of what, what we talk about things in. So why don't we talk about social media next? Why not? We can talk about YouTube later. I, I don't know. You already opened up the YouTube thing. So I'm just going to go with YouTube Fine. because you just you like dropped it. Well, You're because like, we always do the same order and I'm trying to like change it up. I don't know. OK, well. Next time we could do that. But since you said YouTube, we do have the Mutant Ages YouTube channel where we've done those unboxings and we have other things on there. Like we're playing through every single X-Men video game. We're playing the incredible Game Gear games that mm-hmm. are absolutely Maddie's favorite of Love all time. Em. She cannot wait to finish the third one. Can't wait to get back. We also do parody videos on there of the X-Men and Resident Evil. And also you can find some throwback videos on there. I'm on YouTube. I have a YouTube channel. That's an adventure vlog. Uh, I go to theme parks and arcades mostly and some whatever else I can find that's fun to go go to. But there's more shit opening up, which is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm getting my second Moderna shot soon. So I'll be totally vaccinated. Hell yeah. I'm getting my second one this week. I'm pretty pumped about it. Hell yeah. It's going to be a good time. But we also have social media. If you aren't following us on YouTube, uh, you can go to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, Pinterest, and TikTok. The Mutant Ages is there. It's happy. It's gay. I post a lot of gay things to those. Uh, well, we post them, but it's mostly me. Mm-hmm. I post like most of the gay pictures I can find of the X-Men <laughs> in comparable positions. Yeah. Uh, anyway, but also we're on the internet. I'm at Ryan Pagella on Twitter and at Instagram and Ryan.Pagella. It's also gay over at Maddie's uh, Twitter and Instagram, <laughs> which are what? Um, my Twitter and Instagram and every other social media is Mitty Myers. And you can find me tweeting usually just about this show. So you may as well follow the Mutant Ages and Ryan as well. That's if you're not following true. Me. You tweet about this show and your articles. That's and true. Every now and then I tweet about Polygon. Sometimes you drop like a new song that you've released. Every you know. now and then. Every now and then. Yeah. Um. So there's a whole bunch of other things you can do to support the show. Uh, if you are able to afford to do that, we have a store. I put a store link in the episode description for every episode so you can get a bishop time travel is real jumping out of the bushes t-shirt bag mug mask or the mutant ages logo on those things or if you want to support us more regularly you can go to patreon.com slash the mutant ages kick us a buck or several bucks a month to get bonus audio content bonus episodes of the show about wandavision and falcon winter soldier and all kinds of other marvel and dc movies shows properties me and ryan shooting the shit about all those things in our bonus audio tier also our highest tier patreon supporters get a shout out on the show uh well shout out to brock samuel b soren b and zach s for being our top tier supporters no silly voices this week because there was nothing comparable in the episode that was like funny it was actually pretty dark Hmm. so keep on fighting the good fight for us mutants because that's what we are here to do and we are both really so grateful that you are supporting us at the top tier level and to all of our supporters on patreon as well you're all fantastic yeah you're all great and if you can afford to support us you're fantastic too and what you can do in that situation is share the show on your personal social media or give us a star rating on apple Podcasts or facebook or whatever system you're using to listen to the show if it has the option to leave a star rating or write a review that helps a lot um that's how people find podcasts so that's right and next week when we return with this show cloaky will be here <laughs> yeah there's gonna be a mutant ages the comic book episode and everything it's oh, gonna be great right. yes and then x-men first class oh, yes. yep and then season 
three, three of X-Men Evolution. Man, Maddie, we've been doing this show for quite a number of years. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know. It's actually wild. Like, we've done so much X-Men Is stuff. it as wild as Sabretooth and Wolverine in the woods wow. cruising while people watch them cruise? Yeah, I, I mean, they're not in the woods. They're in the sewers. They're crawling through poop, which is pretty gross. Um, that I, is actually not. It's not where I want a sexy hookup. <laughs> is like in a sh- in like a pile of shit. I'm not like wow. This gets me off. Yeah, me either. But you know, Logan is very flexible about own. where he's willing to hook up. And well, he's he's flexible in a lot of ways. Let's yeah. be real. So I'll let I'll leave you to it, you and Logan. Uh, oh, we are we're doing the whole full gymnastic routine in the bedroom today. <laughs> Excellent. I'll see you next time. Uh, but I wish I mean we're not having sex. We have to like move things around the bedroom. Yeah, do a little floor <laughs> show. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah totally. You know, and then jump on the trampoline. And by which I mean the bed. Boy-oing. Bye. That's my. That's well. That's Logan's dick. Anyway. <laughs> bye. <laughs> <laughs>